You're listening to the show Corla Agus Kjol with me, Amanda Shannon, live here on Ross FM 94.6. Well, Falter Ashokorja, Ig Corla Agus Kjol, welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you've had an easier January than me. So I am very much inspired by my experience this January in terms of today's topic. So I spent a little bit of time in hospital at the beginning of January. And yeah, there's been a little bit of here and there, little things kind of still going on since. But thankfully, thankfully, on the road back to some sort of routine. So today's show is going to be about long COVID and I suppose the barriers and stigmas that people are facing in trying to access care, as well as, I suppose, in a more positive spin, looking at what are the things we can take care of? What are the things we can control? How can we support ourselves and so forth? And I suppose I'm speaking from a deeply personal experience. I'm dealing with long COVID and have experienced some of the tricky points of trying to access support and stuff. And I suppose the fallout of that. And I was really trying to plan a completely different conversation, different show for today, but it just really feels profoundly, um, yeah, strong narrative for January. And I felt like, look, maybe this would be beneficial to other people of all different ages because long COVID does not distinguish between adults and children and so forth. And so um, I think that there is a lot of split in the information that's available, whether it's public or private care, whether it's what's in the news, what's available on certain documents. So I thought maybe I could try and collate some of that together for you all today. And if there's somebody, which I'm sure from looking at the data now there will be, but if there's somebody in your life or you yourself who are affected uh, by long COVID, I hope to generate some discussion, some supporting information for you to, yeah, sit with, help yourself and maybe to garner more understanding from those of the people around you because obviously there is some huge, huge stigma still surrounding this diagnosis. So please hang back, okay? Obviously I like to start the show with some music. So I felt like there was a really big, um, how can I say, fuss or something around the breath. Uh, they were on the Tommy Tiernan show only recently and they sang The Land of My Other um, from their more recent album. I've been to see them live. I think I mentioned that before on here. I'm a real stickler for them. I love them so much. So I thought we could start off with that first song and then for the duration then I'll take a little break and then we'll come back in. See you soon. Oh, wow. Gosh, I could just listen to the breath over and over and over. <laughs> uh, her voice is just profound. And yeah, the combination of Stuart and Reynuk together, even live, is just phenomenal. If you can get to go see them, please do. If you're in Europe listening by any chance, they are doing a tour as well. <laughs> but I think they'll be coming to the Dunkarn in um, Belfast at some point this year. Can't remember any information specific to that, but definitely worth checking out. I just find that song so magical. Anyway, enough of me <laughs> plodding on about my loves of music, although of course that's why I'm here. But anyway, yeah, just <sighs> I'm back now to, I suppose, I think for this part of the show, I'm just going to run through or bring up 
open up the discussion around sort of the stigma, I suppose, that we're kind of dealing with with long COVID. And my goal is share a little bit of advice. And um, I'm using my as my main source, the Long COVID Advocacy Group, and they have a website. So I think if I'm correct, it's uh, long www.longcovidadvocacyireland.com. So I have used their website today to kind of, I suppose, connect the dots for what I wanted to discuss and to make it cohesive for you. So I'll just share a little bit um, specifically because I suppose one of the things that's very up in the air would be the fact that there is a tendency or had been a tendency to act like long COVID was kind of a psychological, psychosomatic issue. And thankfully, there are like great groups around the country. I'm part of a long COVID restorative yoga group and that was run by the Derry Well Women's Clinic. Please do contact them if you think that's something you'd like some support with. It's not only about long COVID. If you do have anything that's kind of debilitating your energy, it's a really beautiful, gentle practice. And we have an amazing practitioner, Laura, as well. But um, what I would say is, yeah, I've been privy to lots of little bits of information from different places and that's made my exposure and my experience with long COVID that little bit more bearable. Uh, but I'm also aware that not an awful lot of people understand because when I attend events or if I go to certain things, I'm very aware that there's still maybe some, yeah, I want to say ignorance or misunderstanding around the severity and the longevity of this issue. I should say that um, the WHO, the WHO, are very clear uh, on their website that long COVID is a physiological issue. It is not a psychosomatic or psychological issue. With that said, if you have presented to your GP or a practitioner or clinician with prolonged symptoms post COVID infection and you are receiving a bit of a barrier or you've been told it's in your mind or that kind of thing, the I suppose the general consensus would be that maybe it's time to think about changing clinician or looking for access to a long COVID clinic, which I will discuss in the second part of the show when I look at, I suppose, the supports that are out there. One of the things we need to contend with, I suppose, is that the reason why many Irish clinicians believe that it's psychosomatic or maybe kind of a it's all in your head thing is due to two kind of main factors, according to the Long Covid Advocacy Ireland website. They document that it can be based on decades long misconceptions around acute viral illnesses um, like ME and chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, chronic Lyme disease, where it's seen as being a psychological issue or that there's psychological factors involved rather than they being physiological sim- uh, symptoms and a real physiological illness. And also the fact that there was a lack of agreed upon diagnostic biomarkers for long COVID. So a lot of times when people were testing, having bloods tested, people were saying bloods were coming back as normal. So those two kind of defining features or issues, I suppose, do contribute. Um, So, yeah, if you are coming up against a wall, I would definitely recommend that you think about how you would support yourself better. And the fact that you would really have a very positive, compassionate approach to yourself, not take on board other people's opinions and learn 
I suppose, more about yourself, your symptoms, what you're going through and loving yourself well, caring for yourself well. And I think that starts with allowing yourself to have standards around the level of care you are receiving from medical practitioners. Now, in saying all that, it is not to say that dealing with a chronic illness or dealing with this specific chronic illness, which is long COVID, doesn't have an impact on mental health or that it doesn't cause grief. So I don't want to, I suppose, um, undermine the impact of the illness on people psychologically, but just that there has to be that distinction between, yes, you can have a psychological reaction or you could have psychological impacts, your mental wellness and your grief around what you could do and what you can only do now. You know that those things can be an issue, but that's not to say that your actual physical symptoms or your what you're experiencing are not all in your head. That's really, really important. I would say that like I spent the majority of about two years trying to get a referral and presenting at A&E multiple, multiple, multiple times um, throughout 2021, 2022 and 2023. And I had a female doctor who I was really used to, who knew from previous exposure to me that I'm not someone who would complain about my health very often at all. And it only was when she came back from maternity leave that I suppose I was listened to and there was a difference in my level of care. I'm not here to name and shame, but definitely that doctor made a big, big difference. And she made referrals for a long COVID clinic, immunology, rheumatology and neurology. Um, So, yeah. And I was also presenting with ENT. Now, I have had hearing loss. Um, I do find it very, that's a whole discussion for another day, Um, I suppose, because I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who is studying psychology and we were talking about the impact of grief on the body and various different things. Um, I feel like I'm going to jump into a rabbit hole, so I'll sidestep. But what I do want to say is, you know, there there can be so many impacts from long COVID that sometimes it feels a bit overwhelming to know where to go. And uh, I will obviously uh, divulge some of the um, positives or what's available to us in this country in a few moments. But what I would say is it's really crucial, I suppose, if you're in the arts or if you're employed and there is some sort of uh, counselling available, please do avail of that. Like the Mind and Creative Minds who have, you know, had involved with this show before for people in the arts industry, there are different types of psychological supports available so you could have short-term or a longer-term support available and again mindandcreativeminds.ie is the website. Um, A lot of employers especially public service and and kind of government uh, roles as well they would have maybe Spectrum Health or various other uh, organizations that you can access support with via your workplace Um, and I would also say that there is a nationwide HSC model of um, psychology or or counselling services that are available that you can also ask your GP to refer you to. And generally speaking, it doesn't take too long. Now, of course, some of these services can sometimes be shorter term. I know that um, mymind.ie as well do offer subsidised or were offering subsidised cost um, counselling services um, as well if you were affected by long COVID or if someone in your family had long COVID and so forth. So they were acknowledging um, that that was an issue. I share all that to say absolutely it can impact your mental health. But 
do not live in silence, do not live in pain, do not stay with things and suffer in silence, because I think that's the main thing. And I think I'd love for people to trust themselves and trust their bodies more, because I feel like we went from a nation who bowed down to priests to a nation who bowed down to white jackets. And we kind of swapped one for the other. And maybe some people might think that's very controversial. Um but it's something that I've noticed and witnessed throughout a lot of the conversations I've had over this, uh, some of the research that I've done on this topic and also just witnessing things in certain settings. So, yes, when you go into a doctor, you are relying on that clinician to have certain expertise. But when it comes to long COVID, we're all in it together. And one thing that we do say in our long COVID yoga group is that almost the people with long COVID are the experts, not the practitioners, because it's a whole new thing for them. And they're not usually or weren't usually kind of familiar with everything. So sometimes it's okay to stand toe to toe with someone and be really I suppose, firm about what you're experiencing. It's not about being rude by any means, but just really leaning in and trusting your body because we, as people suffering with long COVID, are leading the way. Uh, So yeah, that's just what I would like to say on that. And it's, you know, it's not about being rude or anything like that, but it is about that fine line between maybe bending to someone because they have that jacket, they have that medical degree, but there, as I said earlier, isn't a huge amount understood around chronic viral illnesses. You know, things like Lyme disease, for example, like if you got a diagnosis of Lyme disease, like it's very difficult for that to be acknowledged within the medical system. There, You do have infectious disease clinics, but then within Ireland, they only test for one particular uh, variant of the bacteria, for example. Um, if you have Lyme disease, it's very difficult to get supports. Um, you, I believe even when it comes to like disability and things like that, certain things are not acknowledged. Lyme disease is certainly something that doesn't get acknowledged. Um, and there are a lot of difficulties for people who lost employment or lost work or lost their businesses, who very much, if you're interested in reading up, if you go on that website, www.longcovidadvocacyireland.com, you can read some of the personal stories. Um, I think it would be lovely for employers to know a little bit more about long COVID um, if you're working. And I think even people working in special education, anybody who's kind of in contact with people with disabilities, definitely it's worth learning a little bit more about uh, long COVID and its impact on people in terms of um, chronic fatigue and so forth. And I will discuss that again after the break. Uh, So, yeah, just can I just say again, thank you so much for hearing me air out my thoughts and my research on this topic. But definitely, definitely the main thing I want you to take away from part one is it's not all in your head. It isn't your head causing this. It isn't anxiety. You know, when you're going into these places and someone is saying you're just anxious. No, listen to yourself and take care of yourself. And you may well have, as I said, some uh, mental health impact, but that doesn't mean it's the root cause. So we're going to take uh, a little music break and a little ad break. So I was thinking it might be nice to have Hey Laura by Gregory Porter. I absolutely love his voice. It's just so silky smooth. Gregory Porter is coming for the um, Cork Jazz Festival uh, this year in October and his gig sold out so fast that they put on extra dates. I'm not sure if they're going to add more dates again because I know they've all sold out. I did not manage to get tickets. I was so bummed over it. Um, But this song Hey Laura is beautiful and I think it fits in really well if we add in Smooth Operator by Shade as well. And then we'll have a little break and we'll come 
come back and I'm going to share with you uh, some of the supports that are definitely in place at the moment and also some of the ways that you can support yourself from your own living room, from your own home, like with supplementation and various things. All right, enjoy the music and I'll talk to you shortly. Hey, Laura, it's me. Ah, Falter Ash, Falter Ash. That was so beautiful. I absolutely love a little bit of uh, smooth jazz anytime, really, to be honest. <laughs> if you haven't been able to tell by now how much I love jazz music, I don't know what else I can say. Bonham Ant, Ansaltas. I just really enjoy it now, I have to say. Uh, anyway, Arash Egon, topic of the Ogwen Riv Umbrisha. So back to the topic we had before the break, looking at long COVID. And I, again, will share that website just if you want to get in contact or have some support. It's www.longcovidadvocacyireland.com. All right. With all that said, I just want to share, first of all, some of the clinics that are available in case you're not aware. OK, so in Ireland at the moment, from the public, I suppose, the public healthcare system, I'm talking about primarily first. So Within Dublin, we have Beaumont Hospital, St. James's and St. Vincent's who have long COVID clinics. There was a public clinic in the matter with Dr. Lambert, um, which again, he was a great one to, I suppose, follow on X or Twitter and keep an eye on because he was uh, one of the practitioner clinicians who spoke to the Oireachtas, uh, I think it was last year, about the impacts of long COVID on our minds, on our brains and how it mimics almost like a brain injury and how there's certain types of physio that would be required. And I don't believe that he was really listened to very well. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But he's still available privately. So I suppose if people do want to reach out, his details are on that website that I just shared with you. The rest of the country then is, I suppose, serviced by three other hospital clinics. We have the Cork University Hospital Long COVID Clinic, which is headed up by Dr. Arthur Jackson. Uh, University Hospital Galway, which I suppose is the closest to Roscommon, you'd be dealing with Dr. David Gallagher. And I suppose that's headed over by the Infectious Disease Clinic as well. A lot of these clinics are kind of headed up by an infectious disease cohort or clinic or team of staff. I being, I suppose, centred here down in Clare, I would access the University Hospital Limerick's Long COVID Clinic, which is run by Dr. Antonella Milos. And uh, for the last, I, I only had my first appointment last August and I also have a personal, a physical therapist. Um, I'm supposed to have access to an occupational therapist and psychology support, but that hasn't happened yet because people haven't been appointed. That leads into, I suppose, a whole other discussion around HSC blocks on, on hiring people and so forth. So I suppose what I want to say on that is a little bit critical because I feel even though we have these clinics, there are many more hospitals around the country and it probably would bode well for us, I suppose, if we did have a long COVID clinic in each and that they all followed the same format. And that's the thing I want to say. They don't all follow the same format. I know from friends of mine who are accessing certain hospitals, like people, don't. it's not a picture perfect thing. Uh, people experience some difficulties accessing certain types of support in one place and in another they don't and so forth so it's not very cohesive and if you do look at the long covid advocacy ireland page and you do look at some of the personal stories or you yourselves may even have experienced this yourself so that's also uh, a consideration i have to make but there there is some insight into how certain clinics are run uh, i had some difficulty um with Beaumont Hospital, which is where I was referred initially. Um, and then I couldn't attend the appointment because I had the flu. And obviously you can't attend the clinics if you're unwell. 
so that you don't f- impact negatively people who are already dealing with a, a long term illness again or compound their illness. You know, trying to reset that appointment was absolutely horrendous. Like it was just a joke. And considering long COVID has such a negative impact on our fatigue levels, the idea that they thought I should just get 24 hour notice to just show up in Dublin the next morning was chronically so out of touch (laughs) so my doctor obviously referred me then to Limerick and and that's been good so far I would say that my physical therapist is quite good I would love to get more supports from the other elements and I know she's fighting for that I don't want to name and shame anybody here you know but uh, I will say my personal Instagram is Misha on Phoenix so M-I-S-E space A-N and then F-E-I-N-I-C-S and if you do want to ask questions or get some more information after the show please feel free to drop me a private message I'm happy to share on some information with that said there are as I said lots of private clinics available um Like all of these illnesses that I mentioned earlier in Ireland, the public system doesn't deal with a lot of these issues that are chronic and a lot of people end up spending thousands of euro and have done already trying to access care. For example, I got a POTS diagnosis, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome only through my physical therapist via the Limerick Hospital uh, only in September. I've been dealing with that issue since 2022 or sorry, uh, 2020. Um, I think very close to my first COVID infection, March 2020. And it was absolutely impossible. And I visited two cardiology clinics, one in Limerick and one in Clare, and none of them would test for POTS, even though I was asking. And it is very typical for that to happen along, uh, to coincide with, you know, long COVID. Um, And yeah, I was denied. I was sent home, told I'm fine. I don't have any issues, etc. And of course, like it took 20 minutes for someone to let me know the answer when they actually listened and were able to do that test. So that's kind of, I suppose, linking into what I was saying in the part one, you know, where it is really important to keep advocating for yourself, which is really difficult when you have a chronic illness. Um, So some tips, I suppose, that I wanted to share was uh, if you are attending your doctors or you are attending a long COVID clinic and it's your first time or you have certain questions, because I suppose that cognitive dysfunction is a really strong element of Now, again, not all people have the same presentation of long COVID. That's one thing I should say. But if cognitive dysfunction is something that you deal with, which is very common, having lists like little checklists when you're going shopping or maybe you don't go shopping, maybe you have it delivered. But, you know, whatever you might be doing where you're relying on your memory, definitely if you're leaving the house and it's something you have to do, it's definitely worth to have a little list of questions. Um, I keep a timeline of symptoms or things that happened, especially when I was trying to get access to support in the first instance. So that's just one thing I would say. So I suppose one of the typical things that can happen with long COVID is there is an issue with iron in the body or iron stores. So it's very, I I didn't realize this until I did a little bit of study on this, but I definitely was dealing with low iron stores on a regular basis and it would impact my ability to get around and to be active and breathlessness and all that. So if you are experiencing a lot of issues with breathlessness and fatigue, really cold hands and feet and stuff, it's definitely worth checking out your iron levels and your ferritin levels. So I have each time I've had it checked, it's been low. And especially after a COVID infection, it's very typical for our iron stores to be depleted. So this is something that they're looking into in studies and it has been shown to be the case. So definitely like, yeah, get some support with iron. If you have 
a delicate tummy or, you know, you deal a lot with other tummy issues as a result of COVID as well, um, or long COVID, should I say, you can get spatone, which is a liquid. I'm not a doctor by any means. So definitely discuss with your doctor what suits you in terms of what your medical care is. But just to be aware, there is a liquid formula out there that you can take if you find some of the tablet forms too strong. Um, I suppose inflammation in the body is another thing that we deal with and getting that under control is really important or as much as we can. And I suppose a lot of what's going on with our systems is that when we have an illness and when we have like low grade inflammation happening and we have other elements like that happening, our organs, our body will end up in a little bit of that like stress situation or that fight or flight situation, because generally speaking, if you're unwell, and just say like you went to the doctors and you did a blood test and they go, oh yeah, your white blood cells are a little bit higher because your body is fighting the infection. Like usually infections are like short term and your body can handle that. It's set up to do that. With long COVID, the fatigue is coming from the inflammation and the body being in that sense of, oh, I need to fight something in the body. I need to help. There's inflammation. There's this, there's that. And so the the fatigue, that really strong level of fatigue is coming from the body trying to keep you well and keep everything going. And it just makes us really, really, really tired. So management of, ty- of, of fatigue, which is very different to tiredness. And for anyone who might be giving you a hard time, I use the analogy that it's like someone who's ran a marathon marathon and they are almost at the finish line they hit a wall and that person can like all their training it doesn't matter they can't get up and they can't walk those few steps that's kind of what fatigue feels like it's that chronic fatigue is really heavy it's different from being tired Um, and so in management of that the advice would always be to pace yourself and I would recommend looking up the spoon theory and the spoon theory bases um, I suppose the energy consumption on okay you've 10 spoons a day if you've chronic fatigue whether it's CFS or long COVID or however uh, it would be like okay here are your 10 spoons so washing your hair is going to take two reading a book is going to take two maybe um, going to college is going to take five because you're including transport and so forth so maybe coming home to try and cook is going to be very difficult and maybe cooking takes a spoon or you know so each activity I'm not giving you the correct correlation but each activity is documented and it's given uh, a level in terms of how many spoons it takes and you have to imagine how many spoons a day you can use and so the advice is not to push through because this can actually cause a crash or if you're not familiar with that term it's kind of this energy crash where the body just goes into such a mode where you're bedridden and you can't do anything if you have pots maybe your your heart rate is all over the place and things like that so a way to avoid crashing or a way to avoid overusing your spoons which I'm still learning and I'm no expert by any means. It's my hardest thing. My physical therapist and I have many a conversation about this, but planning and prioritizing is really important. And she often says, and I think she's an amazing physical therapist, but she often says like, think of activities as high energy, medium energy and low energy and try to alternate what you're doing in a day. But also that if you're doing high energy tasks and that doesn't mean jumping jacks, you know, (laughs) it could be something that just demands a lot mentally. It might not be that it demands a lot physically. So understanding that physical, emotional and mental exertion are all equal when it comes to that paradigm of not pushing through and pacing. But she would say, you know, breaking down those high energy demanding tasks, making sure that there's breaks between them. I even have seen some information where it recommends, you know, uh, doing some specific breathing exercises and meditative practices and so forth and maybe modifying your environment. So it might mean, okay, in the shower, if you have pots, maybe standing and washing your 
hair. So with POTS, it's the circulatory issue. So having the hands over the head can make people feel like they might pass out. Having um, occupational therapy, like you can ask your GP, even if you're not with a long COVID clinic, because I've done that in the past. They may give you something to be seated while you're having a shower and they will... I wouldn't recommend going off doing things on your own necessarily without proper instructions. So you want to be safe in your in your bathroom, but like or even in your kitchen, it might mean that you need to sit for a minute and so forth. So it's just modifying that environment. And maybe I suppose to start off with a good technique is to have a little diary and keep, I suppose, track, keep track of like the things that you're doing and how you're feeling afterwards. And I know that there's like on on um, online, I saw this lovely little kind of a a diary that you can use for energy or something and it was like you could write down your tasks and how many tasks you did in a day and then how was your energy at such a point I already know from tracking that like my energy is always better between sort of 9 a well 10 a.m and 2 or 3 p.m in the afternoon is a good time for me to do certain things that are more high energy it could be cooking and it could be admin stuff emails filling in forms that kind of thing so I've already learned that through that practice of tracking and using the diary so really recommend that and like I said for cognitive dysfunction keep an eye on your checklists but more importantly be compassionate with yourself be really compassionate with yourself be really patient and allow yourself to go slow because life has gotten so fast that sometimes we feel so guilty for slowing down and your body has taken you through this COVID infection it's taken you through a pandemic it's probably taken you through many other things maybe you're caring for many people in your family and now your body needs you to care for it mentally by allowing that space to rest and I would definitely say rest is your friend and sometimes if you do end up in a crash radical rest is something that I went through after my POTS test so when I had my Nasaline test in September by golly I did not expect the outcome that I had on that day you know and I was doing a music show for culture night and I really pushed through for the culture night I don't normally push through because I know that's going against the right advice but I suffered and I think for about five, six weeks I was like, I want to say bedridden, but, you know, I was on the couch as well. It was all about elevating the legs and a lot of that had to do with having the pots as well. So, look, I would just say that if you only have long COVID, it is already hard enough. If you have long COVID and you have another issue, like whether it's autoimmune or, or, or something to do with neurology or, you know, you might have another diagnosis, you need to even double up in terms of looking after yourself and taking care of yourself. But just, yeah, bear in mind, I think that just um, it's really important mentally and emotionally to pace yourself as well as obviously the physical side because sometimes we're good at the physical and then we're still really racing like a racehorse in our minds and in our hearts. The other thing to think about is I suppose if you can go on the Long Covid Advocacy Ireland website and have a look at supplementation it's really really I'm not going to go through everything now because it's such a long list but uh, things that are really important I suppose are magnesium, vitamin D, vitamin C if you have like if your immunity is low uh, checking in I said as I said with your doctor about your iron just making sure it's good to rule it out but before taking supplementation I suppose or well not before but to be really clear on what you're taking as well it's always good to check with your doctor because I am not a doctor and so like I take vitamin D because I for some reason always tend to score low well when I take the supplementation my score will be better but there have been times where my score was really bad for vitamin D so sometimes getting that test from your GP that blood test done you can find out like oh if you're folates I tend to have low folates so like folic acid or like my B12 B6 B5 and things like that so like 
I would just say, yeah, get that, get that little NCT done on your bloods to know what do you need to take, you know, and uh, and go from there. But I would definitely say there's great advice on the Long Covid Advocacy Ireland website. So it's www.longcovidadvocacyireland.com. I think there is a, f- a Facebook group as well for Long Covid in Ireland. But I would say, you know, don't go down a rabbit hole. Just pick some simple. I would say what I did was I overexposed myself to lots of information. I would say don't race. Take it like a relay. Do a little bit. Pass the baton. You know, pick some key things. Use your energy wisely. Um, And if you don't have a consultant, if you're not with a clinic and you think it's something that you really need, don't let someone tell you it's all in your head and get that referral. And so that's what I would like to share with you. The last thing I want to say is... If you do feel like your practitioner is not listening to you and you want a little help, there is a web, um, uh, an app for the phone and you can use it on an Apple or an Android and it's called the Visible app, V-I-S-I-B-L-E. So Visible app and it's a little blue box with a kind of a yellow circle on it. And it was designed by an Irishman who has long COVID. Um, and I use that um, as supported with my physical therapist. But what it does is it measures your heart rate every morning in bed before you get up and it checks your heart rate and your heart rate variability and gives you a score between one and five in terms of your energy and your trending kind of heart rate and heart rate variability. And that's really helpful as well for knowing what to do in terms of pacing. Uh, And then at the end of the evening, it allows you to track, you know, how much you exerted yourself during the day, what kind of symptoms you were having. And I suppose that's a good one, too, if you feel you need that little bit more support going into a practitioner and asking for a referral or looking for some support. Okay. Mila Boykas, guys, thank you so much for listening. We're going to have another song now, a little break. So I think we'll go with Myra Andraj and the song is Manga. I love this song. It's got really cool vibes. So I hope that brings up the vibe now after my big long talk. <laughs> thank you very much. Bye, Midrash. Okay, Khorja, Shine, Shinanshkale now. That's this week's story. Thank you so much for being with me. It's been a pleasure, honestly. When I'm Sultas and Tamarfad. So, quick moment on show. We're going to end the show now. The Auron Darbanam Deed I Do with a song called Deed I Do uh, by Blossom Deary. Bunigi An Salt Asan Auron I love the rhythm. I love the rhythm it has. And I will see you again very soon. Slong of Holine.